Welcome to the Dollar Wise Podcast. At HFM, one of the most significant values we provide our clients is leveraging our experience helping hundreds successfully navigate through life's transitions. On this podcast, our advisor team explores some of the questions we get every day from our clients. We share some insights on financial topics, and we interview some fantastic professionals from our vast network. Our hope is that you leave with some food for thought and some good ideas to consider. Thank you for joining us. Welcome, everybody, to today's episode of the Dollar Wise Podcast. I'm Jason Gabrielli from HFM, and today I am joined by Shana Carnevale from Comparion Insurance Agency. Hi, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So Shana is a great resource for us at HFM. When we work with our clients on their financial planning, one of the things that we get into a lot is the nitty gritty of all the aspects of their financial life. And a lot of times a big piece of that is their insurance program. Sometimes it's life insurance, sometimes it's disability insurance, but a lot of pretty much everybody has to deal with property and casualty insurance. So this is dealing with their homeowner's insurance, their auto insurance, their liability insurance to make sure that what they own is protected. And so we have resources like Shana who educate us on what we should be looking at when it comes to clients' policies. So today I asked Shana, as we get into the end of the year here, to highlight for us, what are some of the biggest things that when you look at somebody's policy, you look at a new customer or you look at somebody who's coming to discuss something with you, what is the biggest red flags that stick out to you or misconceptions that people have when it comes to their insurance program? When you talk to a lot of people or as many people as I do, you do tend to see trends in areas of confusion or coverage gaps that you'd like to see maybe a little bit better on the average client's paperwork. So for auto insurance, I would say one of the largest red flags I see is too low of bodily injury liability limits. That is the clause in your auto insurance policy that's going to protect you in the event that you inflict substantial bodily injury to another party. Let's say that you rear end someone and the person in the other vehicle is very seriously injured. In all likelihood, they're going to try to sue you, which is understandable if they're very seriously hurt. Everything's expensive today. Things are getting increasingly expensive everywhere. People often will just go to an agent that perhaps is less consultative and they'll say, hey, I just really need a cost-effective policy. And they're going to get set with limits that are too low and not really appropriate for them for the bodily injury liability. The question you might ask is, well, how much is enough? What's appropriate? And that's what people don't know. And the answer is it basically comes down to how much do you stand to lose in the event of a lawsuit? So if you own your home and you've got savings and money in the bank and investments and young children that depend on you, and you're driving around with a state minimum of $15,000 in coverage, that's just not enough. Well, one of the things that I know always comes up for us is what is our main driver of why we look at people's insurance policy? We don't sell insurance. Part of the reason that we do that and why it's so important to somebody's financial plan is that ultimately we're concerned with, are they protected? Are all these things that we're doing to build their financial plan and build their wealth, if they rear end somebody or if they get sued, Are they going to lose a big chunk of that? So we're concerned about, are they protected enough? So that's a huge good point where, yeah, it might save you on the premium to have that lower limit, but if God forbid something happens and you end up getting sued, you end up in a situation where you could lose some of what you built, are you being penny-wise, dollar-foolish? Correct. They say that insurance is the foundation of any solid financial plan. And as an insurance professional, I have to agree. It's very important. If someone has substantial assets more than the average American might. Another way to protect your liability is through an umbrella policy. And I tend to recommend those for folks that have 
more than $500,000 in liquid assets and savings. That's something that you might want to ask your agent about. Well, that's one of the things I know we talked about when we go over in our conversations about some of the things that are really important that people just don't think about and are really cost effective. Umbrella insurance, for the most part, is pretty inexpensive. It is. As a general rule of thumb, an average household, you own a home, a couple of cars, maybe I would say under $300 a year is fair to say for a million dollars of excess coverage. But again, that conversation is personal and the number of exposures that we list for a client, maybe they have rental properties, maybe they have a property down the shore, maybe they have several teenage drivers or youthful drivers on their policy. Each of those different exposures is going to impact the ultimate price of an umbrella policy. Is a million dollars enough? If we talk about half a million dollars underlying liability on an auto, a million dollar umbrella is 1.5 aggregate sufficient. To protect you, sure. Yeah, it may not be. Maybe 2.5 is appropriate. But I would say to your point, it's really not going to break the bank. And again, to be penny wise and pound foolish, you really are just missing the boat here if you've got substantial assets and you're not protected in this way. Well, and we see a lot of times where clients, when we're looking at their policies, if we see a couple red flags, we'll ask, do they have a relationship with your agent? No, I haven't talked to them in 15 years, or I bought it on the internet or whatever. <laughs> you know, guilty. Well, we're going to fix that. <laughs> I know someone uh, that did yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I got somebody no good that's going to take care of it. But really, they end up with these limits. They don't really even understand why they sure. signed up for them in a lot of cases. Sure. And in a lot of cases, they're not appropriate for where they are in life today. May have been 10 years ago or 15 years ago. Correct. So it's important to get that view of what you're doing to make sure that it's going to protect you the way it should. On auto insurance, that seems like the biggest one. On the other side, on the property insurance, when it comes to your homeowners, things like that, what's the big misconception or red flag that you see there? I would say on property insurance, people comparably to the auto insurance conversation we just have, they don't have the proper amount of insurance allocated for the rebuild of their home in the event of a total loss. Where would they see that number on like their deck page? On their declarations page, it's going to say coverage A. It's the very first bucket of coverage, and it's typically going to be the largest number on the page that will jump out at you. And basically what it means is what does the insurance company believe it will cost to rebuild the home in the event of a total loss? The weather trends have been aggressive lately in an area, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware, tri-state area is typically a pretty modest, yeah, yeah, modest climate, but we're seeing tornadoes touch down in our area, flooding. About 10 miles from where we're sitting right here. Five miles from where we're sitting here in Glassboro, Mullica Hill, we had a pretty substantial tornado just a year ago. That's right. And ultimately, I think people just don't ever really consider that it will happen to them. So they go, okay, the price is right for my policy. It's probably fine. But ultimately, you really do have to critically look at that number with your agent or someone in the insurance industry. And we all use a rebuild calculation tool. Every carrier has its own tool for this. And just make sure, have you done any improvements lately that your insurance carrier may not be aware of? Did you finish your basement? And during COVID, a lot of people dumped a lot of money into their homes. Well, absolutely. You're stuck at home looking at the four walls and you're yeah. like, maybe I should finally get on that project I've been thinking of doing for we 10 years. We had that years. conversation earlier that yeah. people dump $150,000 in yeah. their backyard. And they don't think, well, if something came through and wiped that out and I had to rebuild it, that's not part of what I probably had when I first bought this policy or first bought this house. Right. I got to tell somebody and add it in. Yeah. Everything with insurance is about disclosure. So to ensure that you're adequately insured, the insurance company has to know that those things are there, that you've made these improvements. Another common misconception is that the rebuild estimate that 
is on your declarations page is the same as the market value or what you might have paid for your property. What was the purchase price at the time that you purchased it or what it might be valued today? Again, in recent years, the property values have gone through the roof. If there's all this inflation happening and frankly, values are far higher than what an estimated rebuild might really be. So folks will call me and they'll say, hey, I see that on my insurance declarations page, I have a $350,000 coverage A, but I just got a letter that I could sell my house for $850,000 today, and I don't think I have enough coverage. And what you have to consider is that market value includes proximity to transportation, how much acreage are you on. The value of the actual land, which would still be there in the event of damage or something like that. Correct. School district very much drives property value. So all of those things are part of the property value evaluation for sale that from an insurance company perspective, we need to rebuild the home the way that it stands today, including debris removal. That's the calculation. And it's very different than the market value. When you and I chatted earlier, you mentioned shore properties. It's a really great example to express the discrepancy that you might see on rebuild versus market value. In towns like Atlantic City, for example, there are little bungalow houses that have been there for a million years and the owners really held out and not sold. But maybe the house is 700 square feet, but it's a beach block. And in a highly desirable area, that house might sell for $1.5 million because of the land that it's on, proximity to Atlantic City, proximity to the beach. But rebuild on that is probably 200, you know, maybe buck 50. So it's different. And ultimately, if you want to insure for slightly more than the calculated rebuild, that's something we can talk about. But I typically never will recommend that someone insure for less. Well, you mentioned what you'd recommend. That's a good segue because one of the things that at HFM Investment Advisors is a cornerstone of how we do things is our fiduciary duty to our clients and having to give them advice that's in their best interest because we don't necessarily get paid from what we sell. We always want to maintain that objectivity. And so when we deal with other professionals that we want to give our clients as far as referrals go or offer as a resource on our podcast like this, one of the things that we always look for is objectivity. And so if you don't mind, give us a little sense of Comparion insurance agency, if you could. A little background, a little what it is you guys are all about. Comparion originated as Liberty Mutual Insurance Company. Everybody knows Liberty Mutual. We do a lot of advertising. And in about 2016, 2015, Liberty started to forecast that, hey, the future is pricing transparency for our clients not a one-size-fits-all insurance solution. If you're a captive agent and you work for a carrier like Liberty Mutual or Allstate or State Farm, when you only have one tool for the job, you have to make it work for every job, whether it's the best tool for the job or not. What Liberty's forecasting really did for us is it put us in a really great position for the insurance industry and the market that we're in today is that now we're able to When a client comes to us, you refer them, we take a look at their paperwork. We're going to go ahead and run their information through what's called a comparative rater. We've got 25, 35, depending upon what types of policies we're reviewing, different carriers to shop the market for these folks. And we'll get a bunch of rates. And I also have intimate knowledge of each of these carriers. And just because the lowest price well, might say, come it might back, just be based on rate. It might be yeah, based on It's not the just situation. based on rate. If I say, hey, this person has a very custom and beautiful and high-end home, just because the carrier that I know can offer the lowest price may not be the best value for my client. So what Comparion really does for people is we present options. And through my recommendations, I'll say, hey, based on what we talked about, Travelers has an excellent rate. Safeco has an excellent rate. Chubb has an excellent rate. But given the conversation that we have, Chubb's going to be better for this. 
Safeco is going to be better for this and Traveler is going to be better for this. If I were you, I think you'd be better served at Chubb than these other carriers. And it's a conversation. The days of I work for Liberty Mutual and all I can offer you is a policy from Liberty Mutual. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Sorry, don't let the door hit you. Those days are gone. It's not the right thing for the client to be able to work with a bunch of different reputable carriers and find the right tool for the right job not only benefits the client, but it's much more rewarding for agents. That's a big reason why we feel like you'll be a great resource and you have been a great resource for us at HFM, for our clients as a referral partner of ours. And if people want to get in touch with you, they want to learn a little bit more or they want to have you look at their policies or whatever it is, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Best way to reach me is via email. I would say it's you spend a lot of time needing to be with my clients. So if I miss your call, that's not always the best way. So I would recommend that you shoot me an email, send me your deck pages, and we can schedule a time to talk. My email address is Shana, S-H-A-Y-N-A dot Carnavalli, C-A-R-N, like Nancy, E, V like Victor, A-L-E, at Comparion, C-O-M-P-A-R-I-O-N, insurance.com. If you just shoot me a note and say, hey, I heard you on the HFM podcast, interested in what you have to say and would like to review my stuff, that's good enough. That's awesome. Thanks again so much for coming in, Shana, for being a part of the podcast. And for all those of you listening today, if you're not a subscriber yet, make sure you hit that subscribe button on Spotify, Amazon, Apple, wherever you're listening. That way you get always the most recent episode. You'll get a little notification every time we upload some new content. Thanks for listening and we'll see you on the next podcast. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Dollar Wise Podcast. At HFM, our mission is to educate and empower our clients to make wise financial decisions. If you'd like to learn more, please visit us at hfmadvisors.com. The Dollar Wise Podcast is presented by HFM Investment Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor firm. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer for sale or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. All investments involve risk and are not guaranteed. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as a recommendation appropriate for any individual. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from a qualified tax, legal, or investment advisor to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.